you are listening to the Invitation Church podcast. To learn more about Invitation Church, visit us online at invitation605.com. You can also download our app on iTunes and Google Play by searching for Invitation 605. So when you open up the scriptures to learn about the early days of Moses' life, you find that he's in trouble. First, he's in trouble because Pharaoh wants to kill him and every other Hebrew baby boy that is born. He wants to throw them all into the Nile River to get rid of them, to cast them out so that he can stay in power. But God makes a way for him. Not just to avoid being thrown into the Nile River, but to actually have a place in the palace and to grow up in safety and to grow up with an education and grow up with nourishment. But then there comes a time when he steps out of that palace and he has another moment where he finds himself in deep trouble because he witnesses a moment between an Egyptian and a Hebrew. And the Egyptian is mistreating this Hebrew slave. And Moses becomes so angry, he comes face to face, eye to eye with the injustice that this superpower has brought on its people. And he becomes so angry with the Egyptian that he kills him and he buries him into the sand. And then there's another moment. There's a group of people who have witnessed what has happened and they go to Moses when he's upset with them and they say, well, what are you going to do? Kill us? That's what you did last time. That's what we've seen you do. And so Moses runs. And instead of working for the palace instead of living in that place instead of having a significant powerful famous role he's taking care of sheep in the wilderness and that's where exodus chapter 3 picks up the story today now moses was tending the flock of jethro his father-in-law the priest of midian And he led the flock to the far side of the desert and came to Horeb, the mountain of God. There the angel of the Lord appeared to him in flames of fire from within a bush. Moses saw that though the bush was on fire, it did not burn up. So Moses thought, I will go over and see this strange sight. Why does the bush not burn up? When the Lord saw that he had gone over to look, God called to him from within the bush, Moses, Moses. And Moses said, here I am. Do not come any closer, God said. Take off your sandals for the place where you are standing is holy ground. Then he said, I'm the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. At this, Moses hid his face because he was afraid to look at God. The Lord said, I've indeed seen the misery of my people in Egypt. I've heard them crying out because of their slave drivers, and I am concerned about their suffering. So I've come down to rescue them from the hand of the Egyptian and to bring them up out of that land into a good and spacious land, a land flowing with milk and honey, the home of the Canaanites, Hittites, Amorites, Perizzites, Hivites, and Jebusites. And now the cry of the Israelites has reached me, and I have seen the way the Egyptians are opposing them. So now go, I'm sending you to Pharaoh to bring my people, the Israelites, out of Egypt. 
But Moses said to God, who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the Israelites out of Egypt? And God said, I will be with you. And this will be the sign to you that it is I who have sent you. When you have brought the people out of Egypt, you will worship God on this mountain. You know, it's really interesting the choices that God makes with his people. You know, there are choices that when we look at it, it just doesn't really make sense. The calculus that God uses as he interacts with his people, as he seeks to share and show his love and mercy and kindness and power, it doesn't really compute in our minds. You know, God chooses, you know, a mountain in the wilderness named Horeb. In the original language, it's the idea of a wasteland as the place of revelation. And it just makes me wonder when we think about the relationship that we have with God, I wonder about the places where God has shown up. And I think for a lot of us, he's probably shown up in times of celebration, in times of joy, in the promised lands of our lives. But I think for a lot of us, he's shown up in the wilderness. He's shown up in Horeb. He's shown up in the wasteland. He's shown up in the the wasteland of a funeral home. He's shown up in a wasteland of a marriage that ended before you wanted it to. He's shown up in a wasteland of a family that feels like it's falling apart because I don't know how to communicate with the people in my family, but that's the moment that God steps into it. He steps into moments, reveals himself when we find out that we're no longer going to be living in this place or working in this job or We get some clarity about this friendship, this person that we thought we were on solid ground with, and we come to find out it's not actually what we thought it was. It's more of a relationship of convenience. It's interesting the places that God chooses to reveal himself. And God chooses Horeb, not the palace, in the life of Moses to show Moses who he is and to show all of Israel who he is. This encounter with God takes place outside of the religious community. Like there's no temple nearby. There's no sights and sounds of corporate worship. There's no sign that this is a holy place. It's very ordinary. He's caring for his sheep. And what's so powerful and beautiful to me is that this is not the last time that God steps near some shepherds who were just doing their job. You know, much later, thousands of years later in the book of Luke, this happens again. And there's some sheep that were being cared for by some shepherds and and God shows up in a really powerful way and announces to the shepherds that there's a birth that's happened. And it's the birth of the baby Jesus that has been born to Mary and Joseph, and he's the savior of the world. But before we can even get to that, we're in this moment where God shows up in a ordinary place. And it's just a little reminder that the places that we think are important, the places that we think are holy are only important and holy because God makes them so and it's actually the ordinary places where God wants to speak 
And it's very easy for us to miss those ordinary places because there's no sign. So have you ever tried to find a business, a restaurant, an office that was not well marked? Maybe there wasn't a sign. The GPS didn't really take you to it. I think our life with God can be a lot that way. That it's the unmarked places and spaces that God wants to speak. And why is that? I think one of the reasons that is, is because there's some mystery involved with not being exactly sure where one is. There's no sense of secure direction and God fills up, his spirit fills up that uncertainty with his voice and with his power. You know, so interesting too, I love this, that that God's voice comes out of a natural process like fire. And everybody has that friend, right, who's obsessed with fire. And, you know, you're going to have a a bonfire with a group of people. There's always that one person whose job it is to, like, make sure the fire keeps going. They're like the self-proclaimed fire master. And so when it's getting a little bit low, they throw more wood on, or they've got some kind of stick that they're poking in there, and they just, they kind of love that. But it's so interesting that we're, many of us are just drawn to fire, God's voice comes out of a very natural process. God uses the the nature around us for the clothing of his character. I think that's so beautiful, isn't it? That that the, the natural world that we see is really the clothing for the character and nature of God. He does this over and over and over in the Bible. So the natural world doesn't stand against the character of God or doesn't stand against the divine, but they work together revealing one another. So it's not the natural world in one corner and then the divine world in the other corner, but the natural world is revealing the divine nature. And so this fire, it's burning up this bush, it's revealing the holiness and the power and the mystery and the passion of God. And it's really interesting, too, as we reflect on this story this morning, that there's this guy named Parker Palmer, and he writes a lot about occupation and vocation and all these kinds of things. And, you know, he says that vocation, it doesn't come from willingness, but it comes from listening. So the the question with, with vocation is not are you willing But are you listening? Vocation, he'll go on to say, is not a goal that I pursue, but it's a calling that I hear. It's so easy for us to see the church as the center of our walk in life with God and as the center of our spirituality. But the reality is church is at best an hour and change out of our week that has over 160 hours in it. And so the story in Exodus chapter 3 forces us to think about what's going on in all of those extra hours on our commute to work. And when we're eating breakfast around the table and when we're sitting in traffic. Because the God of the Bible is a God who likes to choose the very ordinary spaces in our life to call us to things to fill us with his promises and to give us opportunities to seek out his divine image in the world. And have you been invited to take off your sandals because you're on holy ground, but have you missed it? 
and you find yourself in a place of horror, but you find yourself in a place of wasteland, it's a very likely possibility that that's the place that God's going to choose as the place of meaningful and deep and lasting revelation because he's the God who shows up in it with a group of shepherds who are just going about their daily life. And he says, oh, there's a, there's a savior that's been born to you in the city of David. And he's more than a baby. He's Christ. And he's Christ the Lord. Oh, that we would be a community of people who would not miss the ordinary for the holy. And that way we would see and experience and recognize the voice that calls out to us in the natural processes of the world. Oh, that we would see nature for the clothing of God's nature. And so as you take a walk this week, as you go about your daily life and daily activities, your ordinariness, would you be as Barbara Brown Taylor talks about as detectives of divinity? People who, with a great curiosity and wonder and mystery, seek the God who shows up in all of the ordinary places so that we might be called to extraordinary things that would come not from a willingness, but from a posture of listening. And would we remember as a community that our success or failure as a church is not going to come from a goal that we achieve or don't achieve, but it will be because we have heard from God. We have heard the calling and our feet followed. Grace and peace. Thank you so much for joining us on the Invitation Church podcast. I want to encourage you to take the message that you just heard and receive every part of it. Every promise from God, every declaration of his great love for you, every word of hope, every reminder that you have been made for more. Allow what you've heard to take root in your soul to allow Jesus to do the deep work that only he can do. I also want to encourage you to be part of what we are doing here at Invitation as we invite people to live the way of Jesus. Go to the app and become a regular giver, an investor in the story that God is writing in this place. Also, if you found the message meaningful, we'd love to have you share it with someone else as you partner with us in carrying the message beyond the walls of the church. I want to thank you for being here with us. Grace and peace.